Eastern world It is exploding Violence flaring Bullets loading You're old enough to kill But not for voting You don't believe in war But what's that gun you're toting And even the Jordan River Has bodies floating But you tell me <laughs> How's it going out there, folks? Pete Davidson here with a fresh edition of the Rotobahn podcast. It is Saturday, so we're talking DFS. I might have gone a little overboard there on the intro, but oh my God. I, it, <laughs> I don't even know what to say right now. I was ready to do this podcast a few hours ago. I had everything locked in and I was about to hit record. And then um, the Cam Newton stuff hit, and some other stuff hit, Joe Mixon, game movement, game cancellation, and I suddenly started sitting there going, okay, this stuff is dropping every five minutes, it takes me an hour to record, (laughs) what the hell am I going to do? Anyway, um, finally, you know, I'm unfortunately, I'm running out of time now, I have to go somewhere around three o'clock. And uh, which doesn't give me a whole lot of time to record this. I don't know how this is really going to work. Uh, I was going to do sort of a slate walk kind of a thing, uh, but I, I no longer really have the time to do it. And I don't. I'm not looking at the slate the way I did <laughs> like an hour or so ago. And of course, I put a good 36 hours into what I was going to say. So now I'm just sort of like, okay, adjust. <laughs> but I can't take a couple hours and rebuild my whole board and then do it because. I'm, I'm not going to be here. So, uh, a couple things. First of all, uh, depending on how all this shakes out, I'm very open to doing sort of an update pod tomorrow morning because really, I, I'm really excited about this slate because, I mean, first of all, part of me is like, this could be the last slate. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Um, it, it may not be. It, I mean, this, this season is now in a just complete chaos mode. And, you know, the NFL's greed is disturbing, but from a standpoint of how long are we going to be here, it gives us, I'm using air quotes now, hope. Um, And as I said last week, look, if there's going to be a DFS slate, I don't have anything else to do other than store food and take care of my family. So I'm going to cover it. Um, So, you know, I'm I'm open-minded to doing as many of these as we can do. But my process may have to change. I mean... I mean, look at what we're dealing with right now, right? And it hits Saturday. Now, this stuff could have easily hit tomorrow, right? So, you know, we could have another Cam Newton tomorrow morning. We could have game cancellations right before they start. So, you know, one thing we really have to do is keep our heads on a swivel in terms of the lineups we've already created, right? Like, I, one thing I did over the last hour was I killed 10 Cam Newton lineups. <laughs> I just had to go kill them. Um, now, look. Truthfully, I did a lot of cam earlier in the week. Some of them had to be killed anyway. I wasn't going to be playing 10 cam lineups. But I sort of was into cam earlier in the week just from the price point, thinking maybe he would be low-owned because of all these other great quarterbacks and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so what we're going to do here is we're going to sort of go through what's left of this slate. Um, And 
talk about sort of how I see this week. Now, how I see the week hasn't changed a ton. Um, it's still a fairly big slate, not as big, obviously. And, and Edward Solaire was a big part of my plan, so I've got to sort of shift on that. Luckily, there are ways to do it. Anyway, um, let's, uh, let's get going here. Um, so what I'm going to do is really a, a quick sort of overview kind of slate walk, and then we'll get into some plays and sort of sort of philosophically how I see the week. And I think that actually may be the most important thing here. Um, I was sort of into this game up at the top, Jaguars at Bengals. Um, you know, mostly fixated uh, on Robinson, though he's priced up this week. Um, and then on the Cincinnati side, I, I thought Mixon's price was inviting uh, in a positive home game script. Of course, now Mixon is now questionable with a chest injury that popped up during the week. Basically, if Mixon plays, I'm not touching him. Um, I mean, you can't. I mean, you, you got you know, there's just too good of a chance he's that they're going to limit his touches. Um, and we've already got a little bit of a problem with Geo. Now, if they pull Mixon, we go down to Geo at 1,200 less. He's at, Geo's at 4,400 units. You know, given that Travion, the guy people will start talking about the minute this actually becomes official, and we like Travion here, but the thing about Travion is he's just really another Geo. He's a little guy. So I don't think they're going to, like, give, G, you know, Travion uh, Mixon's job and keep Geo in the same role. I think it would just be a, you know, Travion finally gets some looks to keep Geo fresh. Um, Geo's got that role locked down. And it, so to me, Travion is a factor just in terms of, yeah, Geo won't get the whole gig, but it's not going to be like, oh, we thought it was Geo and it's Travion. I, I, to me, that's that's a pretty small factor. But anyway, um, the, the, everybody's in play on the Cincinnati side, though game script could become an issue. Um, the, the play I like the most uh, is Higgins at 4,500. Probably not going to have a whole lot of it, but in this game I like it the most. Uh, moving down to to Browns at uh, Cowboys, this one was a, this is a game I really like. It's just a question of similar to the game last week where it's like, all right, how do we get enough exposure to this game without going too crazy? Um, you know, and without being, you know, both feet fully committed to the game. Um, and we got bailed out in the fourth quarter. Who are we kidding? Um, that thing was looking ugly for a while. Um, so, you know, Dallas is getting their left tackle back. Clearly, Zeke is in play, but I got to really pay for him. Uh, clearly, Dak is in play. Um, but I'm not looking to pair him with more than one receiver this week. I'm looking to bring something back on the other side. Usually it's going to be Beckham at 5,800 units uh, against you know a Dallas defense that hasn't been stopping much. Um, if Kareem Hunt is out, I think Chubb becomes viable at 7K. Um, maybe play the game script from two different angles. Um, Mayfield just hasn't looked good enough for me to consider him and flipping this and flipping the script on this thing. So if I'm if I'm building a QB stack in this game, it's going to be from the Dak side. Um, Anything else here that I think I really want to hit? Uh, not really. Okay. Um, moving down to the Saints. Uh, obviously, look, Kamara. Just you know, as as we lose players and games, more and more ownership is going to be focused on Kamara. I'd love to sit here and say zig while everybody's zagging, but people are zagging for good reason. Um, this is a short area pass game that just lost a high volume short area weapon in Thomas. He was going to play, now he's not. So. You know, if you do pivot away from Kamara, you almost have to snag someone else from this game because, like, if Kamara doesn't pay off, and at 8K it takes a lot for him to pay off, but, I mean, when I say pay off, like, if he comes in around 20 or less, then more than likely someone's getting that juice, either 
Troutman, who we'll talk about. Well, we can talk about Troutman now, but um, you know, I think if but if you're not playing Kamara, you probably should play either Traquan Sanders or Troutman, you know, or maybe Latavius Murray. But you know, yeah. See, like to me, Murray can screw Kamara up more than he can pay off at his own number. Um, that, that's sort of the way I see Lat Murray. Um, so, like, I think Lat Murray is somebody we want to factor in and think about. But for me, you know, at 4,900 units, he's not somebody I really want to put in my lineup. Uh, because for him to go, you know, what does it take for him to go, like, 4X on that? It takes a lot. I'm not going to buy into that. To me, that's too thin. But, you know, buying into the idea that he could steal Kamara's touchdowns or something, that's not totally outrageous. Um, so, you know... To me, Kamara is—he's going to be so heavily owned. The best bet is probably to just go with the crowd, find your differentiation elsewhere. Now, I'm not saying play 100% Kamara, um, but I can't see myself when all is said and done having him in less than 50% of my lineups. I—it just doesn't make sense to me to do it. it. There's just too high a probability. Basically, unless he gets hurt, or unless the touchdowns just completely. You know, unless he just unless they score like five touchdowns and he gets none of them, I just don't see this not working out. So, to me, I'm going to play Kamara a lot, but I will, you know, I will create some faded Kamara lineups too. And when I do that, I will probably use a Troutman or a Traquan. Um, now, Troutman exposure is interesting, right? We've been down this Saints path before where guys that barely anybody's heard of suddenly pop up and all arrows point to this guy suddenly getting volume. I remember it happened with Josh Josh Hill like four years ago or something like that. Um, and I got burned playing a lot of Josh Hill because he did absolutely nothing. He wasn't even on the field as much as we thought. And look, it, it, ironically, Hill could be the guy who screws us here because Hill is getting snaps instead of Troutman and we're all like, what's going on? So to me, Troutman is something I wouldn't want to miss. But he's also something I don't want to be heavy on. I, to me, one of the ways we can do this is to, A, put him in the non-Kamara lineups. Because he's going to be a short area weapon, too. Um, and then the other way is to use Troutman as just a way to get into a different build. You know, you pay all the way down to 2,500 at tight end, like in small field tournaments. And then you move yourself into a different lineup build, which gives you some differentiation. Um, but just be careful with the Troutman stuff, because even a 2,500 unit... If he doesn't do anything, you need to do it with eight guys, and that's not easy to do. Um, so I think some Troutman makes sense, um, but, I mean, obviously you throw out 50% or more Troutman and he hits, you're going to be loving it, but uh, this is the Saints, and trying to predict what they're going to do before they do it is dangerous, not to mention, uh, and this is where the Kamara thing also gets dangerous, is, is if this thing turns into a run script. Because Detroit, you know, incrementally sucks. They're not a well-coached team, so... Um, you know, just be a little bit careful there. All right, let's move down to Seattle and um, Miami because this is one of the two or three games I'm definitely going to be involved in with almost all of my builds. Um, you know, <laughs> Russ at 7,800 is tricky. Again, for him to actually pay off there, he needs to just go absolutely ham. And for that to happen, we sort of need Fitzpatrick to do well. So part of me immediately just thinks, well, wait a minute, 7,800 for Russ to 5,400 for Fitzpatrick. Maybe I should stack this thing from the Fitzpatrick side. Maybe gain a little differentiation that way. Then again, maybe not. But from that side, I could afford to use like Fitzpatrick, like make a couple Fitzpatrick teams, say two Fitz teams with Lockett, two Fitz teams with DK. 
if one of them goes off and not the other, now I have bought the more valuable side of the Russell points without spending as much money, and I spent down a quarterback, and then I correlate on the other side with either Parker or Gusecki, or if you really want to get wild, Gaskin or Preston Williams or Ford or one of those guys, and I've got a slightly different build. So I, I, I think that's how I'm going to approach this game. I mean, I'll probably have some Russ lineups, but I don't think I'm going to have as many as last week. Um... And I don't want to go overboard in the Fitz lineups either. You know, you build 50% Fitz, and he comes... Because this, this is the one thing about Fitzpatrick. Let's not kid ourselves. It's not like he folds against great defenses and crushes bad ones. He intermittently does both against anything, it seems to me. So Fitz, <laughs> he's just one of these bizarre football players. You never know what's going to happen. He is... You know, for those of you who go way back, he's like hitting the hyperspace button in Asteroids. There's a time to do it, <laughs> but it's random. Um... So, you know, that's sort of where I'm at on this game. I like the Fitz-Gasecki stack probably more than anything else. Um, but I like the Fitz-Parker stack a lot as well. I think I'm probably going to be mixing those two in. Probably not doing a whole lot of both. Uh, meaning I'm not going to do Fitz-Parker-Gasecki and then bring back a Seattle piece. Because now I feel like I've overweighted myself on the game. Um, I mean, maybe I'll do like one of those. Moving down to the Chargers at Tampa. Um... On the Chargers side, we've got a low point total, and we've got a, a game that could be slow. But with Big Mike out of the game, and with the game script probably leaning away from the run, uh, I think Eckler's in play at 71. I think Keenan Allen is in play, even though he's priced up at 65. And I think Hunter Henry's in play at 4,600. Uh, on the Tampa Bay side, with Godwin out, with Fournette out, Rojo at 4,700's a guy I want exposure to. Now, I don't trust this team to do what I think they're going to do, so I don't want to overexpose. But, Roger, you know, if, if we just assume that Tampa Bay is going to win this game at home, their defense is dominant, there's no reason they shouldn't, then this really does have a Rojo game script with Fournette not around. Um, other things to consider in this game for sure, if this game's competitive, Mike Evans could go crazy. 6,400 with Miller dinged up, um, you know, and with Godwin out, that could work out really well. Um, and Gronk at 3,600, if you want to get a little funky, you know, I mean, uh, he, he could get some extra targets this week. Don't know if I'm going to do that or not, but you got to at least mention it. Uh, moving down uh, to Ravens at Washington, you know, obviously the Ravens are going to kill football team, but Lamar at 81, to me, I mean, he could he he could easily not hurt you at that price, but for him to really help you at that price, he needs to go really off, and I think he'll do that for a half. But what's going to be the incentive to have him running the football when you're up three scores in the second half? I don't even know if Lamar's going to play in the fourth quarter in this game. So be careful going too heavy on him, because he could play phenomenally and not pay off. Okay. Um, on the other side, with McLaurin dinged up, there's really nothing on the on the football team side that I want to get into at this point. Um, moving down to Arizona um, at the Panthers, this one is interesting. And the thing that <laughs> makes it interesting to me is that obviously you look at this game, um, Arizona at at Carolina, and you know we, we start thinking about Arizona, right? Um, and, you know, Kyler and Nuke and all that stuff. Now, Nuke obviously is sort of a game-time decision. Um, I guess Kirk is the same thing. That By the time you guys hear this, one of those things could change. Um, 
and really the thing that I, well, two things I come to on the Arizona side, uh, uh, apart from the really thin stuff, is Drake at 6K in, in a really phenomenal rushing matchup, right? Um, and we've seen teams just crush Carolina on the ground. Um, and then Isabella, if if um, these other guys really are banged up, is, uh, Isabella as sort of a GPP dart throw um, could be interesting. 4500 is what he's priced at. But on the Carolina side of the ball, um, we've got Davis at 5,700. We know he's going to command a ton of targets. He's a floor play, and a floor play that has some ceiling. DJ Moore at 5,600 units apparently is going to be the chalk player at receiver. But if you go down just 200 bucks from him, you go to Robbie uh, Anderson, who, quite frankly, has more ceiling than DJ, in my opinion, um, because he's more likely to hit a pair of long ones. Um, and you have Samuel down at 48, who could pick up some carries and and do no, you know, God knows what against Arizona. Not a great defensive team. So there's a lot of opportunity on the Carolina side. DJ Moore, if you want a guy who's high owned, but I think Robbie A and maybe even Samuel, or some guys who'll be lower owned. Samuel won't be owned at all. Uh, and Davis 5700. I think there's some good stuff over there. Um, but this isn't a game environment I want to stack necessarily against itself. Maybe. You know, maybe Drake with uh, Robbie Anderson as a correlation or something like that. Now, the next game is the game I've sort of been focused on most of the week, save for the ones that have been canceled. Um, Minnesota at Houston. Two games that can't win, two teams that can't win, excuse me. But obviously with Houston, they've played three of the toughest teams in the AFC. So Houston is not a good team, not a well-coached team, but a much better team, I think, than what a lot of people assume based off the first three weeks. Um, and the Vikings, obviously there's that sort of Zimmer flavor around the whole thing that we don't like, but the fact that they no longer have a defense means they're probably either going to fall behind or have to fight to stay in the game. Um, we saw that over the last couple weeks, they're going to start passing more. I mean, obviously, Dalvin Cook's going to be the base of the offense. They still are a run-based team, but it's not going to be as extreme. Uh, and now they have more places to throw the football, and it's a thin target distribution. So there's a lot of ways where this game can work as long as it doesn't become an ugly game. Um, and, and look, that possibility is there. So am I going to build my entire week around this game? No, because these coaches make, you know, they, they, we pull our hair out over both of these coaches. But at the same time, um, I was reading Thorman's Pace article, and he, and he was actually even more enthusiastic than I was that this game, for various reasons, could achieve good pace. Um, and we know that Houston likes to play fast when they can. They will slow it down, but they like to, and they'll slow it down a lot, but they like to play fast when they think they can. So this game, to me, has potential for Houston to come out, do well, and speed this thing up, and then for it to become sort of a passing game you know, where the running backs are involved, but it's sort of a passing game. Um, so really, there's like, you know, probably not going to do any Cousins things in this just because I there's just too many other things I want to do at quarterback, but I don't think a Cousins stack is really crazy because he's priced down. But I think Watson's probably going to be my most owned quarterback, and I'm going to mix up my Watson stacks, some with Fuller, some with Cooks, maybe even a DJ stack. I will bring it back with a correlation play off the other side, a bring back, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, probably Cook, some Thielen, some Jefferson, 
I might try to find this stack, you know, from like every angle. I might have to put like six or seven of them though, so I'm not sure if I'll do that. But I'm definitely going to tr try a lot of variants in this game off of a Watson-based uh, lineup. Uh, it's important, you know, Cooks has been really involved. He's only 4,500. He should be healthy now. You know, he's out there. He, you know, he's not carrying any injuries. A, a Cooks breakout in this game would not shock me. Uh, neither would a Fuller breakout. Neither would a Thielen breakout. Neither would a JJ, Justin Jefferson breakout. A Cook monster game wouldn't surprise me here. So, and, and all of these things will sort of work the game in the right direction. Um, so, this is definitely one of my favorite games on the slate. It's definitely probably um, the game I'm going to stack in the most um, other than Seattle and Miami. Uh, moving down to what's left of the afternoon games, uh, Colts and Bears are down there now. Um, in this game, you could talk about Montgomery, but I hate the matchup for him. You could talk about A-Rob, and I'm fine with using A-Rob. Um, but the guy I'm, I'm sort of leaning to in this game is Taylor, because he's a mega talent. The game script is going to follow him, I think, because even though they're on the road, I think the Colts have to be favored here. And I think Taylor's going to be their big weapon. And he's only 6,600, and he let a lot of people down last week. So, you know, if you've got the guts to ignore your recency bias and to, you know, wash the taste of last week out of your mouth, I think Taylor could be a really good play here in tournaments. Um, Giants at Rams. Obviously, this is an oblong, lopsided affair. The Giants don't have a lot of things that are going well. Um, I think uh, for me on the Rams side, I'm not going to get into their receivers because I don't think they're going to be pushed for four quarters. They're not that cheap. Um, the, the the piece I'm looking at on the Rams side, obviously, is Henderson at 5,800. The one thing that concerns me, and the reason I'm not going to go like 70% Henderson, is because Malcolm Brown was hurt last week. He's probably not injured this week. So rather than like an 80-20-70-30 split, it could be more of a 60-40 split. And that's, you know, if we're trying to sit there and win, we're trying to get to like 4 and 5x, you know, the more Brown plays, the harder that's going to be to do. So um, I wouldn't go too crazy on Henderson, but I definitely want a lot of him. Uh, for what it's worth. And then on the Giants side, I mean, you know, we can make a lot of arguments here, but for me, Slayton at 5K is interesting. But, you know, the Giants are such a bunch of, just a bunch of, they're just chicken shit, you know? I mean, if it was last year's coaching staff, Slate would just be a blinking green play. But with this coaching staff, I'm just, you know, makes sense at 5K. Um, okay, Patriots of Kansas City canceled. Well, moved off the slate. It's going to get canceled. I mean, who are we kidding? Uh, and then we're left with uh, the Bills and the Raiders. Um, I think Allen very much at 7,300 units is in play here. Konami code. Uh, I think if you're willing to pay for digs, he's a great play. And Smokey Brown at 5,100 could be a play. But I think digs for me, I'd, I'd rather pay up for digs. And then on the Raiders side... You know, Jacobs, I think, with all the stuff that's going on, is becoming more and more in play. The Bills haven't been as good against the run as we anticipated. And, you know, Jacobs is, if this is a game script that's going to get away from the Raiders, it, maybe Jacobs gets more involved in the pass game. I could see Jacobs having a big game 
even though the game script gets away from them in this situation. I could be wrong, but I think they're missing enough weapons where it could happen. So I'm not afraid to play Jacobs at 6,800. But Waller is the guy I really like here. And I also think some some Renfro exposure wouldn't kill you here. 4,600, he's going to be targeted. Um, So those are... That's a quick look at the slate. Uh, we've got about five, ten minutes left here. Let's get into some of these position um, position groups, but mostly I want to talk philosophy and stacks. So we'll start with the quarterbacks, and you know, Cam was on my list. Um, I've and you know, obviously Mahomes was on my list. Um, I, I I went and added one more quarterback to my list. So what I'm left now with is a little bit of Russell Wilson, not a lot. Some Josh Allen, some Dak Prescott. Probably a lot of Deshaun Watson, a fair amount of Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then I'm probably going to throw in, I think, Joe Burrow, um, who I like the stacking options for Burrow. Um, I think I can mix and I can match and I can create some good lineups, and I think there's some good comeback pieces on Jacksonville I can use. So um, I'm probably going to add a couple Burrow stacks. That's where I'm at with quarterback right now. Again, I am very open-minded to doing a podcast tomorrow morning and just sort of updating where I'm at. I'd say that's probably 80%. Um, the only way I'm going to avoid it is if this thing gets so ugly that I feel like I'm going insane. <laughs> but as, as long as we're looking at roughly the same board and I've been able to sort of, you know, reduce and perfect what I've been talking about here, I think I might want to do an update. If everything's blown to shit, I think I'm just going to grab a bottle of whiskey and day drink tomorrow. But anyway, um, all right, so that's the quarterback. So let's, let's look at some running backs. Now, my list for running backs is not particularly well-defined, um, and there's there's still a lot of flux in there, may do this, if that kind of stuff. Um, in terms of cash, I mean, Kamara, I think, is locked in for me. If I can find a way to pay for Zeke, I might do that too. Same thing with Dalvin. Um, Mike Davis, I think, is very cash-viable. Daryl Henderson. Those guys are the ones I'm really looking at in cash, um, with Kamara pretty much locked in. I think Henderson's pretty much locked in. Um as far as GPPs go, I've got a little bit of a wider uh, scope. Kamara's still in play. Zeke's still in play. Cook's still in play. Austin Eckler enters the mix. Uh, Nick Chubb, uh, if Hunt is out, enters the mix. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I'm willing to look at him. Jonathan Taylor, as I'd mentioned before. Kenyon Drake. Um, and Gio Bernard, uh, you know, interesting thing about Gio, obviously, is it's, it's all about Mixon. If Mixon is out, uh, Gio, I think, probably slides into my cash lineup if I have enough time to blow the thing up and start again. I may make a Geo lineup that I can quickly convert to. Um, and then obviously, well, I mentioned Chubb, same thing. So there's some contingencies in there. Obviously, we don't know what else might happen in terms of COVID. So um, it, this is definitely a week where, you know, maybe you know, enter the tournaments you want to enter, sort of put in some placeholder lineups with the idea that you're going to do most of your lineup construction between like 11 and 1. That's a pretty good way to do it this week, I think. Um, You know, keep your eyes on the big picture, collect as much information as you can, um, you know, pre-enter yourself into the events that you're afraid might fill up. But um, this is a good week to stay flexible as long as you can. Um, And it's a good week to remember that even with all the cancellations, it's a big board, which we'll get to in a second. All right, let's get into some receivers. Now, my receivers list is large, and we'll get to why that's sort of the case in a second. Um, Again, it's a big sky board, as I mentioned. Um, There's just a lot of good plays out there. The pricing is friendly on a lot of these guys. 
Um, you know, at the top of the list, Lockett and Metcalf, willing to use them in cash, definitely looking to stack them in several different ways. Uh, Allen Robinson's standalone play, but not a bad one. Stephon Diggs is a pricey standalone, not a bad one. Actually, Diggs could be used. You could, I mean, you, nah, he's a standalone play. Uh, Amari Cooper, multiple ways you can use him. Obviously, he's a solid play. Mike Evans, uh, cash viable, solid play. Uh, Adam Thielen at 6,600, like him in stacks. Um, Tyler Boyd, um, 6,100. Odell Beckham, love him in GPPs at 58. Will Fuller, I love him in GPPs at 59. Uh, Devontae Parker, the same at 57. I think Devontae's probably cash viable. Uh, DJ Moore is cash viable at 56. Uh, Michael Gallup at 62. Robbie Anderson, I'm willing to play him anywhere at 54. Justin Jefferson, same thing at 52. Uh, Darius Slayton's GPP only. C.D. Lamb GPP only for me. Hunter Renfro is cash viable and GPP viable. Same thing for Traquan Smith, I guess. Um, uh, Brandon Cooks, 4,500 units. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, um, if I need a guy for one of those Burrow stacks. Uh, Andy Isabella, particularly if Nuke is out. T. Higgins, um, viable in Burrow stacks. Uh, Preston Williams and Isaiah Ford, both viable in Fitz stacks. Okay, let's check some tight ends and then a couple words and we'll get you guys out of here. All right, so real quick, and I'm going to talk about you know more about the tight ends in a second, but the tight ends I'm focused on, Right now, it's five different guys. Um, the first one's Mark Andrews. I don't think I'm going to be able to afford him a ton, but I'm not afraid. The next one is Darren Waller, 5,200, and he's going to be hosting the Bills. To me, with all the things missing, his target floor is so high, and his price seems low. I, I, I think I'm going to have a lot of, like, basically any time I don't have a, a tight end to correlate, I'm going to go to Waller. Um, and I'm going to go him, I'm going I'm to, easy for me to say, I'm also going to use him as sort of a bring back correlate um, in my Allen lineups. So I'm definitely going to stack him with Josh Allen, and then when I'm confused and I don't want, know where to go at tight end, I'm going to use him there too. Um, and then the other guys who I'm looking to use, um, well really the one other guy I'm looking to use I think is Gusecki. Uh, Hunter Henry at 4600 is in play, Hawkinson at 48. But Gusecki in all the stacks that I'm going to create um, in that Seattle game, I'm probably going to use him unless uh, I'm stacking with someone else. So probably I'll have three or four Gusecki stacking lineups, one with Wilson, two or three with Fitz, uh, and then I'll probably have a Devontae Parker stack and then maybe maybe one Parker and Gusecki stack if I'm doing a small field stack. Um, so that's sort of where I'm, where I'm at with tight ends. Now, just that sort of bled into how I'm seeing this whole week. It's it, There are so many ways you can go in the slate. So many high-scoring games you can focus on. High-scoring teams, games that could become shootouts. There's a lot of good pricing out there. It Even with the two games that have been pushed away, we still have so many good options. So I really think this is a week where rather than just coming up with your, you know, seven best plays and trying to put them in all the same lineups, I think this is a week to correlate and stack and and, and do all the things we can do to enhance our odds. Look for the thin target distribution teams. Um, so for me, I'm going to be stacking with Fitzpatrick quite a bit. I'm going to be stacking with Deshaun Watson quite a bit. And when I'm not doing that, I'm probably going to be stacking with Dak and with Russell Wilson. Um, 
and, and with Josh Allen. That's the way I'm going to play this thing. I'm going to work off of my quarterbacks, and I'm going to try to limit the number of things that I need to get right. Um, I'd rather try to go, you know, four for four than seven for seven in a lineup. Like, I mean, I know we all know this stuff, but this is a week I think where the more you lean on that, the more you're going to create some positivity for yourself. Um, and that's really all I have um, for today. Sorry that it's a little brief, but it's just madness. And <laughs> I spent so much time making up this nice little board. And it got blown to shit. But anyway, um, you know, I think one of the things we really want to do here is just I don't know how much longer we're going to have football. We may have it for the whole season. We may have it intermittently. The whole thing could get blown to crap at some point. We don't know. So I strongly encourage you guys to just, obviously, as I always say, play within your means. Don't put so much money out there that you're creating a stressful environment instead of an enjoyable environment. Um, and um, just enjoy it. Play for fun, because I don't know how much longer we're going to have this good stuff. So um, stay within yourself and, again, correlate, stack. Do those things that are going to raise your percentages of getting a lineup correct. Um, I had a lot of lineups that got blown up last week because I wasn't thinking straight and I had some bad luck. So um, do those things that cut down on the number of things you need to get correct. You know, if we, I mean, I think the, the, the Seattle at Miami game is a great one. If we just get the game environment right, I think we're going to do really well in that game. Um, so I, you know, to me, I think like 50% using that game environment aggressively is probably a good idea. Same thing goes for, uh, Browns at Dallas. Same thing goes for Minnesota at Texans. And, and those are really the ones I'm focused on. Um, so you guys do what you need to do. Focus on what you think is right. Uh, take my advice with a, a grain of salt or salt lick. Um, and, uh, I'll see you all hopefully tomorrow morning. If I don't see you then. Well, hopefully I see you tomorrow morning on the Fantasy Football Hour with me and Jim Hackett. Hopefully you guys are tuning into that. But also on the uh, brief pod I will throw in after that. And then God knows what waiver wire pod is going to look like on Tuesday. Anyway, so hopefully I'll see you guys on the leaderboards and all that. Onward, upward, giddy up. Stop!